Well, looky, good morning, folks. It's Monday, February 27th, and you're tuned to another fine episode of Waken, apostrophe, up with Danny. Still getting over a bit of an illness, so my voice is just a little on the scratchy side, but bear with me. Hey, today's International Polar Bear Day, National Kahlua Day, National Strawberry Day. Today is also No Brainer Day. It's a no-brainer. Yeah, and today is also Shrove Monday. Part of English traditional Shrove Tide celebrations of the week before Lent. Soaking rain and locally severe thunderstorms will take aim at the eastern United States around the middle of the week. Stormy weather will follow a tranquil and cool end to the weekend up and down the east coast. Storm will gather strength over the central states and race northeastward toward the old Great Lakes at the midweek. Abundant moisture will be pulled northward from the Gulf of Mexico, leading to the widespread soaking rain and locally severe thunderstorms that will sweep eastward from the old Mississippi Valley down to the eastern seaboard. Notable temperatures for the day will get 54 in Kansas City, 43 in Chicago, 51 in Charlotte, North Carolina, Albuquerque, 42, El Paso, Texas, 53, Phoenix, Arizona, 54, Los Angeles, California, 48 degrees, San Fran, 44, Reno, Nevada, 25 degrees, Seattle, Washington at 34, Cutbank up at 10 degrees, International Falls at 22, Minneapolis at 34, Billings, 20 degrees, and Miami, Florida, 72. Beijing's point man on foreign policy arrives in the U.S. Monday and likely comes bearing a message for the Trump administration. It's time to talk with North Korea. State Counselor Yang Jiexi, often described as China's top diplomat, often also described as a crotchety old Chinese man, comes at the invitation of the U.S. government. He's the most senior Chinese official to visit the U.S. since President Donald Trump took office, and his two-day trip comes as tensions bristle with North Korea and its neighbors. Its nuclear weapons program is advancing, and the regime is suspected of assassinating the estranged brother of leader Kim Jong-un. The stock market, the Dow, the indexes. Money the money's and matters. Money's and matters and money's and matters and money's and matters. The streaky Dow on Thursday did what it hasn't done in nearly four years, finish higher for 10 consecutive trading days. The Dow Jones Industrial Average hasn't finished in the red since February the 8th, the day before President Trump promised a tax cut plan that would be announced in a few weeks. On Thursday, the Dow finished in the black for nearly the 10th day in a row, 
And that hasn't happened since March 2013. Today in history, a lot of things have happened. Maybe a man flew to the moon. Maybe a baby was saved by a baboon. We'll get to the bottom of this and much, much more. On today in history, I'm waking up with Danny. It's today in history, February the 27th, my friends. In 2015, on this day, actor, director, and photographer Leonard Nimoy died at 83 from chronic obstructive pulmonary disease. In 2012, following an engine room fire, the cruise ship Costa Alegre is left adrift in the Indian Ocean near the Sakeles. In 2010, a tsunami warning went into effect for Chile and Peru after an 8.8 magnitude earthquake hit near Concepcion, Chile. In 1990, no one was elected to the Hall of Fame for the second time in three years. In 1982, Dan Issel from the NBA Nuggets hits a 63rd consecutive free throw. In 1962, South Vietnam President Ngo Diem's palace was bombed. One U.S. was killed. In 1958, USSR performs a nuclear test at Novaya Zimla USSR for Russia. For Mother Russia. In 1956, female suffrage happened in Egypt. In 1949, Chaim Wiseman becomes the first Israeli president. In 1526, Saxony and Hesse form the League of Gotha, or the League of Protestant Princes. And in good old 837, the 15th recorded Perihelion passage of Halley's Comet was recorded into history. In 1814, old Ludwig von Beethoven's 8th Symphony in the F premiered on this day so many years ago. <laughs> Talking about life and death. Well, in 1923, Elizabeth Taylor was born. In the year 272, Constantine the Great also was born. In the year 1962, Adam Baldwin, the actor, also was born. In 1940, Australian actor Bill Hunter was born. In 1942, Charlene Hunter Galt was born in 1942. In 1904, James T. Farrell, an author. James Wan, the Australian producer, was born in 1977 on this day. Lee Atwater, U.S. politician, was born in 1951. Another French actor born on this day in 1968, Michael Vartan. And Italian psychologist Roberto Assagioli also was born in 1888. But people also did Dolph Parrish on this day in 2008. William F. Buckley Jr. dies in Stamford, Connecticut. 82. 1996, Pat Smith, a show jumper, dies at 67, likely from show jumping. 1993, Lillian Gish, U.S. actress, Birth of a Nation, dies at 96 years old. In 1987, Joe Greenwood, an English actress from Gentle Sex and Bad Sister, she dies at 65. In 1977, Alison Hayes, an actress from Attack of the 50-Foot Woman, dies at 47 years old. Frank Daly died in 1956. He was an orchestra leader. Music at Meadowbrook. He dies at 54. In 1913, Adam Sedgwick, an English zoologist, he died at 58. And in 1830, Elias Hicks, American clergyman, also died. Scores of others. And in 1731, Angelo Predieri, a composer, died at 76. And in 1167, Robert of Melun, English philosopher and bishop 
of Hereford dies on this fateful day in 1167. Yesterday I was clever and tried to change the world. Today I am wise and try to change myself. Rumi said this. Again, the word of the day. Offing. O-F-F-I-N-G, meaning near future, using the phrase in the offing. Some etymology in nautical use. Offing is the part of the sea visible from the shore, but beyond anchoring ground. From off, away, from of. Earliest documented use was 1600. Some usage, a cabinet reshuffle is in the offing, but the date will depend on the president. Zahra Imtiaz said this. Cabinet reshuffle of the offing. Daily News, Colombo, Sri Lanka, February 4th, 2017. Well, and a bonus thought for the day. The universe is like a safe to which there is a combination, but the combination is locked up in the safe. Peter Devrez said this. He was an editor and novelist. He was born on this day, 1910. Died in 1993. Every day is born a new hero. He faces adversary with a mighty sword. She had been on air for 197 hours. According to the Guinness Book of World Records, the longest broadcast had been made in 2014 by one Giel Bielen, a DJ working in the Netherlands. He had lasted for 198 hours, or eight full days, attended by two medics, two personal therapists, and a personal chef. Anika Rice was determined to beat him. She had not left the studio for eight full days herself and had talked nonstop about everything from painting and life drawing to Swan Lake, the Oscars, and Chris Evans' short story competition, which was being announced on Radio 2. She had interviewed Jonathan Miller about King Lear and Jeffrey Archer about his latest bestseller. She had sung the praises of Doctor Who, even bringing in three plastic figurines for inspiration. As the studio clock ticked away behind her, she was not looking her best. 
Her long blonde hair was hanging in knots. Her eyes were dark, her cheeks haggard. Even her clothes were rumpled and creased. She had all the allure of a professional bag lady. But she had almost done it. Just another two minutes and the world record would be hers. The book club producer, Joe Haddow, whose shuffling and bearded exterior bellied his great love of culture, sidled into the room carrying a bottle of Moet champagne. The minute hand clicked forward, one more centimeter nearer, the midnight hour. So in just six seconds, we'll smash the world record! Anika drawled, sipping her 19th cup of strong black coffee. This is amazing! Nobody ever knew exactly what happened. According to the police report, it was the warm air inside the small studio that had heated up the champagne. Certainly, the producer had been unwise to remove the foil and mousselet, or safety wire, so soon. But with just half a minute to go and with a million people listening, the cork suddenly exploded. Warm champagne fountained out, pouring over the microphones and control box. There was a huge flash, a blinding cascade of sparks, and every electrical fitting on the fourth floor of the building went dead. Silence fell. The emergency lighting kicked in to show a crestfallen Joe Haddo looking at the empty champagne bottle in his hand. Opposite him, the famous presenter stared at him with the dawning realization of what had happened. The clock showed two seconds to midnight. Outside in the production booth, the man from the Guinness Book of World Records sadly shook his head. The police and emergency services arrived 20 minutes afterwards, but it was already far too late. Anika Rice was taken into custody while, at the same time, Joe Haddo was carried out on a stretcher. He had been repeatedly stabbed with a six-inch figure of Tom Baker. And Chris Evans was forced to announce that the short story competition had had to be cancelled, although no one at the BBC would ever forget this story of the short. That was Anthony Horowitz, author of the Diamond Brothers series. Well, that's going to do it for this uh, episode of Waking Up with Danny. Join me next week right here. Let's do it again.